Welcome to another hard-hitting episode of Customer Cafe by Calabria. Calabria is a tool that turns good account managers into great account managers through the power of great collaboration. A great account manager is a team player. This podcast is made for those in sales, customer success, and account management as a place to caffeinate, ideate, and collaborate. Subscribe now for the latest brew. Let's Let's hit hit the the grind. grind. Welcome to the show. My name is Menachem Pritzker, VP of Growth at Calabria, and I'm joined by Sharon. I'm Sharon. I'm the Senior Content and Community Manager at Calabria. And just before I introduce our guest, uh, I want to say real quick uh, that if you're listening to the show, you know that we are developing a product that's going to help sales teams collaborate with the rest of the company, uh, with other de- with other departments, other teams, uh, and we are looking for beta testers and design partners. Uh, so if you're in sales, and hopefully you are if you're listening to this podcast, uh, and if you are using Outlook as your primary email client, uh, because the early product is going to be launching on Outlook, but we'll eventually go to Gmail, uh, we are very, very interested in your feedback, and we'd love to give you early access. Please go to collaborate.com. Click and get started, and we'll get in touch with you from there. Um, we are joined today by a 15-plus year sales vet with over seven years in helping SaaS companies uh, in helping SaaS companies scale. Uh, he's been fired more times than he will admit. We'll get to that later. Uh, spent over two years building the fastest-growing community in the SaaS revenue space. The co-founder of RevGenius. Welcome, Jared Robin, to the show. What an amazing introduction. It's, I'm so happy to be here. And uh, I was doing the math, and I actually probably have been in the SaaS space nine years. I think it's um, my short-term memory, because I just turned 40. And uh, and, and I, I'm not counting COVID years, apparently. Oh, <laughs> COVID, COVID, doesn't, COVID doesn't count. <laughs> Technically, it does. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it counts double. Well, so Jared, so for for those who have been living in a cave, what what exactly is Rev Genius? So Rev Genius is a community. We have about thirty two thousand sales, marketing, Rev Ops professionals um, living in Slack and on different platforms. We actually have over forty thousand on LinkedIn followers of Rev Genius. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that gap and we need to bring all those folks in because it seems like we should have even more quote unquote members, but I digress. So yeah, we're a community that helps people um, in the SaaS space, in the revenue space, scale themselves, whether that's finding a job, getting a new job, getting the skill set to do better at their job or to get the promotion. And, and alongside scaling their companies, right? Um, you build those skill sets, you fit into what's going on and uh, your company is going to succeed as a result. Fantastic. Um, so h- how do you, how do you do that exactly? What, uh, what types of companies do you advise and what do you tell them? So it, it's, I personally advise some companies, but mm-hmm. um, with, with, with our community, we have clients, but we're, we're a free community. Mm-hmm. So we have programming to help you uh, whether you're in sales, marketing, rev ops, no cost programming that's going to help you um, do your job better. We also have paid programming with Rev League that has four, six, eight week curriculums that are a little more 
intensive um, that that could help you do your job quite a bit better, <laughs> you know, more strategically and things to that effect. And um, you know, being in our community opens you up to both, whether you want to pay or not. And um, and 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 also, frankly, the the network of folks in our community helping mm-hmm. answer any questions you might have. So. The focus um, on the paid stuff, sure, companies could pay for their whole team to come in. But outside of that, on, on the no-cost part of the community, we're helping you. We're helping you do your job better. So uh, come in, ask whatever questions you need, looking for playbooks to to build your team or to build your skill set or to hire. Um, that's massive. And and right now, you know, um, in this market, unfortunately, there's so many people looking to be hired, but there's also people hiring. So we 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 have a community that connects those folks. So you know, even if you learn nothing and you just find some great hires, your company scales. That's great. Can I ask when was the aha moment um, that you wanted to form something like Rev Genius? Um, and was it your professional experience or personal experience that made you think of this pretty big idea? Oh man, the aha moment was when I discovered it might work. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> um, I've seen, you know, I, 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 you introduced me as being fired more times than I'd admit, like one to three times, depending on how you define it um, in SaaS. <laughs> but I like how you qualify that with just SaaS. We talked about like layoffs. Like I, I got fired once a month before they laid everybody off. So like, they must've really disliked me. <laughs> they couldn't like give me that extra month of runway. <laughs> um, First that, Jared, that, and then we'll let everyone else go. You should I, I think, think I, I think I, I think I was, I think I was like pushing their buttons so much because they were early stage and I was like calling out so much shit. And uh, they're like, you know what? Yeah. I, I don't need that month of uh headache from you, <laughs> even though I was like the top everything. Um, but anyway, I digress. So, um, the aha moment, I'd seen communities work in many spaces. I've been a part of them. And, and, and in the SaaS space, there was um, a paid community at the time, Revenue Collective still is there uh, as Pavilion. There was content communities like Sales Hacker. There was Bravado, which I wasn't really sure what it was. Uh, there's Modern Sales Pros that um, it was was exclusive and it was like an email chain. Right, like mm-hmm. still is, and they throw events, and and all of them are wonderful in their own right. And you know, before I lost my final job, which was like a month before COVID, like talk about bad luck. I mean, I was able to explain it. I'm like, yeah, I got laid off because of COVID. I was able to like mislead, <laughs> like no, I got fired. I brought in too much inbound. I closed too much inbound. I didn't hit outbound targets, whatever. But like just craziness. I, I brought on like 1.7 million in new business in like seven months, which is decent. Wow. Decent under like, wow. and, and I was running sales and building it out, but I, I didn't bring enough outbound in at the time. And and I understood where they were coming from, but at the same point, that's super sensitive. And, and SAS is often like this, right? Like I felt a lot of weird stuff that just like wasn't empowering me. Um, and so I joined some of the other communities Um to help find a new job, seeing the end was near. They beat me to it, but you get the idea. And um, and none of them helped me get a job at the time. So I'm like, okay, let me just lean into LinkedIn. Um, I'm gonna. I bought Justin Welsh's 
uh, first playbook months before. I'm like, I'm going to do it now because I have time. What's and the I just Justin kept... Welsh uh, playbook? His first playbook was the LinkedIn playbook for like something like that with personal branding, like 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 before he went all in on solopreneurship, just like when he okay. went in on LinkedIn. And um, and we're talking 2020 or 2019 even at the end when I bought it. So I'm just showing up every day and I'm meeting friends who are like interacting with my posts and I put everybody in um, a DM chat and Galen and myself, the the original co-founder of Rev Genius, were like, okay, well, there's th- I, I'm like, I have nothing to do. I'm going to create something. And, and, and my hypothesis was, and our hypothesis was everybody um, needs a centralized place for all their events. We have events coming from 30 different companies. 40 different events every single day. Like we just need like an event, right? For just sales and marketing. Hmm. So we built a, a Google sheet with all the events, what a good person does with their MVP <laughs> and circulated amongst a group of 25 people or so that we met on LinkedIn. Um, and what we realized fast was, wasn't sure if people really cared about the events centralized, but they were all talking so much to one another breaking the LinkedIn app, like shutting it off on your phone and then having to go back in multiple times per day on everybody's. They're like, yo, this is, there's so much engagement here. And and we're like, okay, so I think we have a community like where people are helping each other. And and, and, and our first idea, while not perfect, but, uh, you know, helped, helped us find this. So that, that was like the first aha. And, um, you know, it's funny. They say, why'd you go to Slack or is it Slack or Discord or whatever? Because the community told us. Mm-hmm. And, and are there better platforms than Slack? Absolutely. Is there a better platform than us? I, for us, I don't think so. Um, and, and I've done a lot of research in that and we could talk offline about that. But um, this is where people are. This is where people ask to be and, and all of that. So uh, went on. We were acquiring people at about a one to 3000 member a month clip right away organically. So like the second aha was like when, and and I originally did this to try to get a job, right? Because I, I didn't want to um, figure, I, I didn't want to um, just do videos to hiring managers and all these other, I'm like that works if you're an SDR. It's nice if you're other people, maybe it'll get you the interview, but like it, it won't get you the job as you, as you become a senior reader. Uh, but, but, but it's nice. Uh, but I created a community of 3000 people. Like this is what I'm doing all here, except it was growing too fast. And um, people didn't really believe me that I wanted to work anywhere else. Cause it was like, like they, they were all in it, the hiring managers. Mm-hmm. So that was like the big aha, the, the bigger aha that I'm like, damn. <laughs> I either have to go all in or drop this and I'd be damned if I don't go all in. Wow. That's great. That's it's, it's great that like, you know, the, the community kind of created itself and then like dragged you in right more than the other way around. Uh, you're just trying to be helpful and people started helping each other. I, I, I was trying to help myself to get a job and like, just create like really good energy there. And then, and then when we were still a LinkedIn group, we, we realized um, the name Rev Genius came about and, mm. and, and we started planning for the future. Why Rev we Genius had, and not, not sales genius. It was supposed to be sales genius. It's supposed to be sales karma. Um, <laughs> Cause I was just trying to f- create something with the energy. And I'm like, this is a very like karma driven group. I'm like mm. sales karma. I'm like, I like the sentiment. I don't like the name, but like the sentiment has something to it. I'm like, sales genius. 
And then I was with a, a friend who um, was a PR person, a branding person. She's like, sales doesn't sound big enough. And I'm like, <laughs> revenue genius? And she goes, rev genius. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Rev genius. Fewer syllables. <laughs> that, uh, it, I said fewer syllables. Yeah. Yeah. One, one word though, nonetheless. But um, it's yeah. funny though, because when people talk about rev genius, I think people right away think community. And that's a difficult thing to maintain at scale. How do you how do you maintain a sense of intimacy and community with such a large crew? That's a that's a question that I've asked myself numerous times as we've grown. There, there's there's a couple ways. Like like first off, you have to understand what does a community look like at scale? Is it a media company with a business model? Is it um, is it you know like courses like Reforge, which are pretty good, um, or is it like a social media platform? Right. There's intimacy on LinkedIn. If you choose for it to be, mm-hmm. you have your, you have your DMS, you have, uh, you know, a community at scale on Slack, we have different channels for different things. And, and essentially as, as you scale, there's, there's a couple big challenges, one years. And I, and I think part of it is you have to create programming in different niches for different people. I think you have to have, um, intimate type of program, just like, like meetups and, and meeting greets and, and stuff like that, even still like mentorship programs and things to that effect. Some people want that deep level of connection and some people, you know, as, as you scale, just want stuff that meets their needs. Now, the biggest challenge as you scale is having the systems in place to be able to scale with you. And uh, there's community is still a very nascent space. Um. It, period like and and um and the tools available are crazy like they don't necessarily help you scale um because you need tools that are going to measure your community like facebook has tools that measure its social media platform i truly believe from an analytical standpoint you need to have the same systems that clubhouse has salesforce has and not salesforce uh facebook linkedin etc to be able to look at um how to activate folks like look at the growth metrics, right? Be more strategic about how to activate them. That's big. No community at any size really has a tool to do that. So if you have a hundred people or a thousand people or 10,000 people, are you activating the people? The answer most often is, I think so. I don't know. Well, tell me, what does that mean? Is that 10 people that connect in seven days? Like Facebook could tell you, is it how many people pin every hour? Like whatever. They don't have those tools, so they could get away. So with if it when the plat- if the platforms aren't offering those tools, what, what what do you think SaaS companies are doing wrong when they're trying to build a community? So it goes even beyond the tools. Like I think I think the North Star metric for community is and should be like active members, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's a daily, weekly, or monthly cadence, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be less frequent than monthly probably should be weekly for, for most, but it, it all depends on what, what, what the communities around. So they're over so it needs to be active metric. So you have, you have a company with a product with it that has a different North star metric. Sometimes they err and just say revenue. And that's, that's a big mistake as we know, <laughs> that's what their investors like, but like, you know, <laughs> it, it's just, people don't realize that 
a community could be part of your PLG strategy. You get somebody in there for free, like in, in, in how you bring them in and how you get them to show up, even if they're not buying your product is, is critical. So people are looking at community for straight demand gen and, and just like throwing many types of um, marketing at them. Right. And, we have 30,000 members. How come nobody's filling out our forms and downloading our you need, you need to be, you know, you're, you're a growth guy. Like you need to treat it like growth. Um, yeah. So when you activate now, how do you get them to keep showing up with that habit and building that habit? So whether you're a small community or a big community, you need to know this small communities don't typically care as much because they're like, they're like, Oh yeah, we have a thousand people like feels active. Or I have a report that says a hundred people are active. Which 100? When did they show up? Mm-hmm. What cohort were they with? Like, what did you do right to get them to active? Why are they active? And and these questions seem obvious. And 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 social media platforms have built-in analytics, right, to answer mm-hmm. these questions. SaaS companies that are PLG motion, I hope, have stuff in this in their product to answer these questions. But community tends to be run by somebody without a growth mindset. And when I say growth, I mean like the growth gates, acquisition, uh, activation, engagement, retention, all of that. I think it. I think it makes it harder to attribute what's working and what doesn't. So the takeaway is, at scale, you need to be even more like eyes laser focus on what's working and what's not. Do, do, does this mean you don't need to do it without scale? Um, you don't realize you need to do it without scale, right? Often, and and you also often have like. Um, people run, you could have a sophisticated company with sophisticated growth people, sophisticated RevOps people, and then somebody overseeing community that is not that level of sophistication with like analytics and they get siloed. So like this, the CS communities are becoming better at this because they could see like, okay, I have a client, how are they upsold and all of this, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So that's just what I'm seeing. Like, like the, by and large, it's throwing a hundred people into a Slack and giving them tools that don't work and, uh, and throwing events for your company. When it comes to what you're doing, um, in terms of building community, there, there are many added challenges. Um, one of them, and correct me if, if I'm getting this wrong, but we're talking about a community that's traditionally been characterized as a cutthroat competitive field. And you're saying, hang out, be friends, help each other out. Um, how, how do you do that? Give away all your secrets. (laughs) Like it's ironic, right? Like, and, and, and I think the space has evolved as well. And, and it's not just that it's evolved. It's people are open to evolving. People realize the company they're at now, the competitor that they have today literally might not be the same tomorrow or tomorrow, meaning next month. And that learning from others um, is everything. Now I'm sure people still hold some some secrets back, but like you're seeing people that compete with each other being friends today, um, more than ever. And they're both like, "F this company!" Like let's let's both go together with the next company. It wasn't like my days where I was at FedEx for seven years and like I'm sitting with you today, ten years after I left FedEx or eleven years after I left FedEx, and some of the same people I worked with were there still. Wow. Right? That's common there. And then when you mm-hmm. compete against UPS, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 can't do it. Technology doesn't stay around that long. 
Right. And, and it changes, it, it changes, it, it evolves. It, it changes and people are, people are open to that. So you have, you have a competitive and cutthroat space, but people are learning from people that are doing well. Like they're, yeah. they're not trying to level up. They're trying to, to get parity like with them. Like, like I gotta, I gotta learn from my competitor. What are they doing? And, and often uh, they're sharing and, and everybody, this is the age of the side hustle and the solopreneur, even if you have a day job. So like you could buy my course. <laughs> I think uh, the the biggest lesson that Sharon and I have learned uh, so far on this podcast is something we hear from every single one of our guests, and it's just how much people in sales, something you know, like Sharon said, it's that's been so cutthroat. How much people today in sales want to genuinely help each other and want to just reach out to people who are maybe a few years behind them in their careers. You know, you're you're going through something. I, I was there. I get it. Um, and just lending a helping hand. Uh, and it's great to see communities like yours uh, where you can give these people that opportunity to help each other. Yeah, and, and LinkedIn um, in particular has shown that with your posts every day, if you're giving value to others and helping people, that people lift it and they lift you. And, and if you have 10,000 impressions, guess what? Your competitors might be some of them. Probably <laughs> and, and are. They probably are. And, and, um, and that's an interesting thing. And I think people are open more today than ever. Um, that, that it might not be a zero sum game, uh, and that life isn't a zero sum game. In today's sales environment, how, how does, uh, how does collaboration change the game? You know, how, how have things gone from the lone wolf sales agent to, you know, the modern sales machine? So if you want to stay at a company, team is critical, absolutely critical that every person carries their own weight, whether that's literally a bag or, or otherwise, because it's tough out there. It's tough out there. Now, the uh, the lone wolf, uh, as challenger sales called the one persona that just crushes their numbers, but doesn't mm-hmm. lean in, um, they exist, but like they're not often around in these early stage companies. Right, like, um, or, or for long, because collaboration and working as a team, especially early, always, right? But like early stages is, is sep- the early stage defined as like Series B and earlier. You see a lot of layoffs here, right? And and um, and and it might not just be because people aren't working as a team. There's other reasons as well. But you know, it's it's hard enough to stay in the game as is. So you have to work together. Yeah. You brought up um, parity before and sort of how we're all learning, learning from and with each other, um, even if we're in competition. Um, I'm curious to talk about um, parity in terms of diversity, in terms of gender. Um, Do we have equity and parity in the field and how can, um, how can we all help each other get there um, if we're not there at large or in specific places? Oh man, there's, there isn't. Um, and it's so effing hard because you have like thousands of people without jobs. And it's like, I got to get, you know, um, and in and, and, and early stage companies, it's natural to want to hire people, you know, and it's natural for people, you know, to look like you. So I, I think, oh man, the, the roots of it start earlier than, than business, right? The roots of it start at, uh, where VCs are giving money, the roots of it hmm. start um, with having 
uh, better hiring processes to be more inclusive and diverse and, and, and starting with the actual job posts and things to that effect. It's, but what, why do you think yeah. sales, which is, you know, such a, you know, kind of ostensibly a, a meritocracy where, where, you know, you get paid a small base and then a big commission based on your sales. Like why, why aren't we seeing more rep- representation there? It's as, as a white man, I'm like not the best person um, to answer. Like it, it's, it starts with uh, job postings, like being, uh, you know, saying that they want two to four years of SDR experience to be an SDR and, and, and men being more likely to not care than women. Sure. Like that's, that's been proven. Like that's, that's part of it. There's probably a ton of nuances that go that just have more men applying and things like that. And then, and then, hmm. yeah. Uh, somebody transitioning from another space in, you know, yeah, that that's even harder, right? Like, because if you need experience to get in, you know, there, sure. there, there's ways to word posts that uh, are more inclusive than others. And, and, and in fact, you shouldn't put years experience on them is like one thing right. to be honest. And, and, and that's, that's what I know. And the little thing is that we do. So let's, let's talk, uh, let's talk 2023, right? We're coming up in a new year. We're heading into, you know, a big recession. Um, and what are your predictions for kind of the, the field of sales, uh, coming into the next year, what's going to change, what's going to stay the same. Um, and how could a salesperson in today's environment prepare for what's coming? I think, uh, I think sales will be more of a team game. What I mean by that is you're going to see sales development aligned to marketing much more. We need to align different departments. You align it by aligning people, right? Not just like sales in a silo, marketing in a silo. Hey, we're friends. We're fist pump. Throw your outbound function under marketing, demand gen, and go like that. That's how you That's how you align, right? Mm. And, and I think that we're going to continuously see more optimization for goals, regardless of departments, right? Like RevOps align... Like, sure, there's sales, there's marketing, there's ops, there's CS. You're going to see um, efficiencies needed to be created and alignments and like structure in the companies that are working and scaling the best. I'm not going to say that's for everybody, but you're going to start seeing that as regular practice. Um, case in point, remember like a year ago, people were like, where should SDRs be aligned, sales or marketing? And it was like the biggest thing. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you that, you know, when have, you have you heard it being saying, said as much right now? Yeah. No, because it's a little fucking less. obvious. It's marketing. Right. Yeah. You can't I, scale. You so can't many scale. Companies. Like it's not, it's not even that. It's it's not, oh, because it's sales. No, because it's marketing. It's wow. lead generation. I mean, SDRs it's, are more than lead generation, but I, I understand your point of view. And then I, um and then is RevOps <laughs> CRM ops? Is it uh, stepped on a landmine? That's gonna yeah. be a great sound bite. <laughs> is uh <laughs> I just had like a post that got quite a bit of traction on that point. Exactly. But I, I understand your point of view. Um, is RevOps just CRM ops? Well, that's my first RevOps. That's all I need. I'm going to call them. RevOps should be like a growth hacker, right? They're an optimizer mm-hmm. of your revenue system, organization. Um, and frankly, they're experimenting. Like there's, there, there's some playbooks. Sure. But for the more most complex stuff, there aren't really playbooks. You're you're experimenting. Like, what's the math if you align this here? What's the math if you bring an extra? Re- so I think there's going to be the best companies will be more efficient. Um, I think 
you're going to see content be more structured on the outbound side with sales development. You're already seeing it. I think you're going to see sales development people go into other roles more than AEs, not more, more than they are now. Mm-hmm. You're going to see them go into community. You're going to see them go into demand gen. Mm. You're going to see some go into rev ops, but I think demand gen makes a lot of sense. You have a social seller that's bringing an inbound and, and they're setting like, and, and, and they're really good with it on landing in the inbox and stuff. Like sounds a lot like demand gen plus social not everybody in demand gen is good with social right so like it's like wow this is this is the new age i think um i think you're going to see full cycle sellers like coming back in a big way because if you now have sdrs aligned to to marketing yeah and you have an ae who's gonna bring they're gonna bring more for you don't worry but they're not going to be in your org so you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to bring some on yourself And, and and you're seeing that now right like a lot of orgs like never went from that and then, um, yeah, I, I, I think you're going to see interchangeable skills. I think, I think sales is a closing role. I think, I think SDRs are an opening role, developing pipeline. I think that aligns with marketing. That's an opening role. Yeah. 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 I guess what, what, what I meant uh, <laughs> was, <laughs> was that, um, you know, I, as I, I've been a marketer in very sales focused uh, organizations, and I always was very interested in what the SDRs were doing. And yeah. I didn't control SDRs, which was a problem, but I always kind of was looking over their shoulder, listening to their calls and, and, and trying to understand what they were doing so that. But their goals were the same as yours. Their goals were exactly <laughs> the same as mine. And, and that put us in conflict a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would look at what the individual ones are doing, find what worked and, and figure out how to do with that one to, on what they were doing one-to-one and do that at scale. That, that was how I kind of understood my, my, role, my role as a marketer in a sales focused organization. Yeah. And the funny thing was your emails were getting delivered at a higher rate than theirs. They were going to spam because you knew how to <laughs> optimize that, but you weren't optimizing it for Joe, Sally, and, and Janie. You're optimizing it for hello at, you're optimizing it for yourself. Optimize right. it, was, it for those people. Like, come on, not, why are yeah. we all on the same team? Exactly. A hundred percent. How can you scale with that? How is that efficient? <laughs> you're, you're, I guarantee you're spending extra money somewhere and you're certainly spending extra time. Is that you know we, we, you'd be putting uh, departments at conflict with each other where we were competing. I, the only yeah. people I, th- there, there's different cases for different things, but it, it, let's talk PLG. There's a no-brainer mm-hmm. because it's all part of it. And then sure, I, I, I guess bigger deals doesn't you know as I, I spoke to uh, the former president of Metadata, he's like if fifty to seventy percent of your pipeline isn't coming from marketing, you're not going to scale effectively. Period. And that means mm-hmm. bring people. It's like what you're gonna have two hundred thousand dollar people cold calling. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, according to the predictable revenue book, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, um, and and I think the key, you know, the irony is, and I talked to my buddy who's starting and got funded for another company in sales enablement. I said I'm bullish on companies that realize the actual triggers that cause more deals to be opened and more deals to be closed. Mm. I said, there's an ICP and there's also a perfect ICP or a more perfect ICP, I should say. Right. And, and one is static. Your company, this size with this many employees with this tech stack in this geography, um, 
that has these roles on. And there's and, and then there's a level of intent that you have to add that marketing knows to add and sales doesn't always have that or know how to do that, right? And some yeah. of that is scraping stuff like you attended Saster or or some of it is I saw that you're hiring. Um, and, and sure, if I have a hundred accounts, I could pop off one here or here. It's doing it at scale, right? right. It's, mm-hmm. it's saying like, these are all the people that are hiring mixed in with who actually showed up to the site, who registered for an event of hours 15 days ago, all of this together, marketing has that. Right. Why not give that to sales development? So like if you're cold calling and everybody listening, let's let's say you hit 200 cold calls a day and I'm not opposed to cold calling. I love it. I, I actually think warm calling is better. Like egos aside, um, if you call people that are warm, hey, I saw um, you signed up for ebook and you're hiring three people uh, and you're going from below 10 employees to above um, and people that are just like you tend to have this setup right now, need this setup that, that we provide. Can I talk to you like about your growing pains? If you liked what I said or not, it's going to re- respond higher than just saying, Hey, this is Jared. You got 27 seconds. <laughs> this is why I call. Thank you, marketing, for empowering me. So, like, um, so getting that perfect ICP and making it. So, like, you know, it's funny. It sounds like so obvious. I could call up somebody, and 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 I don't. Fortunately, they come to us, um, and say, "Hey, I noticed that you sponsored here, and that you just hired a new demand gen person." Like, does that mean you're looking to spend more to drive more fucking leads? The answer is yes. <laughs> I invested in it, of course. Duh. Um, you spent with somebody else already, check, you're looking in the space. Does it make sense to set up time to chat? I was about to email you, Jared, <laughs> when you got me. Great. Ha- happy to help. That's a warm lead. <laughs> that's a warm outbound, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. That's chill. Versus me just saying, hey, you have $100 million in funding. <laughs> I, I noticed we had some shared interest on LinkedIn. Right. It's a, it's, it's a little different of a conversation right. because you and I both know when you make that demand gen hire and you're sponsoring somebody else recently and it's November 29th, you're probably putting together a plan for next year with sponsorships and, and mm. you're actually doing them a courtesy by reaching out to them. I'm going to do you a favor. and Well, yeah, no, let's talk about how I could reduce your cost per lead. Is that an important metric to you? Uh, that's my OKR. Thank you. Okay, great. Let's talk. And and you're laughing, but it's, it is that simple understand who you're speaking to and it does. And and that just flows and not waste your time, not wasting your time, you know, having conversations that don't deliver value to other people. Right. So, so if you're going to spend those 200 calls a day, you know, maybe it's only 50 and hit them with high intent. Um, and it's probably because they didn't respond to your email. It's not that they didn't respond. Maybe they didn't open it or something, right? right. Like, or, or something. And then, um, and then you could bring in other sources, right? Like LinkedIn posts that you could scrape. And, and the whole thing is connecting it together and not making S because if SDRs are doing this and they are now the best ones, might as well just put them in demand gen, which was my prediction anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. The best ones should go to demand gen. To and just here. do what they've been doing one-on-one at scale. And they're doing it better than demand gen because yeah. they're showing up on social. And a lot of demand gen people are not on social. You think social is kind of the future of sales? 
social selling it's a big community led component of it mm-hmm. and if you um and if you ignore it you're ignoring um a, a very potent channel you're also ignoring uh cues very important cues i've literally posted my whole tech stack on social before it's almost like continuing to go door to door past the 1950s or whenever that ended. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Well, and, and it's connecting with people, right? So like people are going to have confidence in you. Like if I called somebody, I have 33,000 followers, all of this. And I'm like, Hey, this is Jared with Rev Genius. One, there's you know, yeah. a good chance you're in my community. Like you're in my community. Like do, do you have a minute? There's, there's like no argument that there's going to be a higher percentage chance, sure. right? Like I, I could, I couldn't even argue it. And I'm devil's advocate on everything. It's only 1%, fine. It's 1% better. Test it. It's, <laughs> See if it's really more somebody who's liked your post, somebody who's read something that you wrote, uh, you know, just the name recognition alone, even if he doesn't remember what it was, just remembers you that you at one point delivered value to him. Well, and also keep in mind as somebody that's like active on social and active in community and stuff like that, this is, this is not the 99% of people. So when you're reaching out to somebody, you're like part of the one 10%, whatever they want to learn from you. Like, like, how can I do this better? Like, no matter what you're saying, like I saw you game recognized game, like, what are you doing? Why are we talking on this podcast today? Right. (laughs) So, so what do you think about the, you know, the, the kind of dark social uh, uh, trend that's been, you know, all the rage in the last year or two, um, you know, rage about the, it's been, well, it's, it's been recently named yep. uh, dark funnel, dark, dark social. Um, do you think that in the coming year, it's going to stay as kind of strong a message as, as it has been? Cause it's, it's always been kind of bucking the trend of, uh, you know, tracking and, uh, you know, accountability for every lead, understanding exactly where it is. And it's just saying, Hey, calm down. Like, you know, it's all on social. It's all kind of in this dark social or which, which way are we going to go on that? So it's, it's going to continue to be just as important. Are people going to talk about it as much? I'm not sure. Mm. Um, are people going to create softwares to help drive attribution? Perhaps. I mean, we're talking about building, um, software for our own growth purposes with slack getting the data out better interesting there's there's companies that have raised 40 50 million dollars in this space that have wonderful um uis they plug into all these tools right slack uh, email zoom all your tools but you can't segment data in slack and put it into your crm it doesn't go bi-directional Huh. What if, what if we could, <laughs> right? Like, and, and, and now you understand. Um, so, so now I understand as the, the host of the platform that, that you're active in demand gen channels, um, that you show up to demand gen events. Sponsors get the information from the events you come to, obviously, but now we have more of where you're active in my community dark social in the CRM. So I know to show you certain more types of content, is that shared with brands? Is there a price for that? So I, I think the more, and and I get it. You can't do it with WhatsApp. You can't do it with text message. I get it. But 
is there a possibility that some of the major platforms, Discord, Discourse, um, Slack, you can get more data out to help me operate more like Facebook and give you, huh, if I can operate more like Facebook, I probably could give you more <laughs> data like Facebook gives and why it scales. Aha. Uh-huh. So I think um, to your point, and then is it really dark social anymore is, is the next right. question. You're, you're, you kind of avoided the question. So I think, uh, I know. think, I th- so I think dark social will be as important. I don't know when this problem is going to be solved, uh, but I do think there'll be more attribution in dark channels. It will never be a hundred percent. That's what's fun about dark social. Um, but I do think people will try to get and, and, and eventually succeed. I, I, I said, try for the next year. Cause that was the original question succeed down the road. I'm not sure if it's going to be 2023 for full success, but, um, yeah, and, and and when that happens, I think there's going to be uh, even more engagement in the Slack channels because people are, you know, going to be going there for leads and stuff. And there's going to be more, um, there's going to be more uh, moderation needed. All of that. Hmm. So to answer your original question, dark social will be big, and it'll be even bigger because people are going to try to make it not dark, and that's going to be interesting. And, and so they'll, they'll be like that. So yeah. And, and, and how I've heard people make dark social lighter, so to speak is by throwing events is by having hosts promoting dark social things and seeing who interacts with them on LinkedIn on an attributable platform. And then they're scraping those posts. Right. Anyway, but um, people are already trying. I I think people are going to, going to get a little deeper and, and, and they'll keep going if there's a, a big enough market for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, total. Does that answer your question. Order. Is that I think crazy? It, I think it did. No, I think it did. You know, the dark social is going to be just as important as it has been. Yeah. But companies will react by trying to shine a light on the on dark social and making it, you know, a little twilight social. I do think, um, and, and I'm seeing it now. People are going to people that aren't a hundred percent into creating community won't create community as much. They'll create email lists. Okay. They'll create yeah. newsletters. The, this this I'm already they'll own to their say, data. They'll own it. They're realizing that community is harder than they thought. It was a buzzword, hmm. and they started a community, and they realized, "Fuck, this is <laughs> a lot of work to get the ROI I need." What's less work to get a great ROI is a newsletter, and 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 we could throw events. And we could have a Patreon and it's more structured. And what's the difference between that and community? It's nuanced. That's creating content for your audience versus involving your audience. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it's much easier and I could sell it to sponsors and you're seeing it already, whether you realize it or not, and you probably realize it. Yeah. It's, it's engaging. It's truly engaging and not just frontal lecturing, spitting out. Yeah. Community, uh, as I define it, is um, a group of people bound together for a common goal that are helping one another improve in some Fantastic. way, shape, or form. Love that. Total nonsense. Religion or, imp- or improving. Re- <laughs> Religion is a good one as well. It's funny because yeah. that was I was working in nonprofits for twenty years before switching into this, and I'm like, there's a lot of similarities. Um, so, yeah. It was less scalable and it was more local. So that, it, but I'm thinking a lot about how to channel that, those experiences, and what worked there here. I'm I'm a big fan of even in the nonprofit space, running it like a for-profit business and going ham. 
because um you say going that, ham ham like going crazy like 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 when okay. i say going crazy like like really Thanks. running it to scale it mm-hmm. um because when people donate a dollar ten dollars or a hundred dollars they want to see like the most return on it. that's how you get more people coming back like like if i have a thousand dollars to donate my mom passed away of cancer um i want to donate to cancer well there's a hundred kidney cancer charity so now which one do i pick i mean yeah. if she had one that she loved that would be easy but even then i would be like okay how much percentage is going here what are you doing mm-hmm. with it all of that because i wanted to go the furthest mm-hmm. to solve kidney yeah. cancer i want to see who's the best at growth <laughs> um you've been sipping a beverage and um Coffee. our podcast is called customer cafe Let's talk caffeination. How do you caffeinate? What's your method of so choice? So right now, black coffee. Um, I'm Ooh, having wow. two larges in the morning. Um, previously, tea. Like, like black tea or uh, like real black tea. tea? Nothing in real it. Tea. Real tea. Nothing in it. Like sometimes wow. I'll do a lemon. Hey, you're hardcore. Like, hardcore, Jared. Yeah. So so a lemon in it. If somebody else is putting it in it for me, I'm not. I'm not cutting the lemon. You know, like I, if, if it's served to me with a lemon, I'm good with it. And then um, I went quite a bit of some time without caffeine and I want to get back to that point. But um, so you're, you're going to get to that I, point by drinking two giant black coffees a day. I, I have a weird way of just like being able to go cold turkey on things. Wow. Right. It's not everyone's, normal. I gave everyone's up, got I their gave drink. up drinking on like 18 months ago on a dime. Yeah. Oh, wow. One last question uh, before we let you go. Um, And it's, it's turning into our favorite question uh, that we ask each of our guests. And I think we'll get something good out of you. I hope, Um, you know, you're, you manage a massive community with so much information in it. What can, what can people that are starting their careers in sales or who have been in sales for a long time, what, what can they do to make themselves better at their jobs, personal growth, um, who should they follow? What should they listen to? What should they read? So my, my answer to this might be different from others because I believe, um, I hope so. <laughs> like I, I, it's going to be much different. I got to be the number one at FedEx seller out of 500 by sheer desire and showing up. And, and I believe like, if you do that, you could, you could get there too. But I also imploded after that. And, um, and in my next job, like fears and stuff came out. So the biggest superpower I say a founder could have, and frankly, anybody in the revenue, anybody in any space, but revenue space, especially because you're triggered a lot by, because you have revenue related goals, your company um, is being even keeled. Okay. Being even keeled is a superpower. Shit will hit the fan early stage. It will. And it'll probably hit the fan any stage perhaps, but certainly early. So how, um, did I get even keeled? One, um, fortunate to have a father that um, turned me on to books like uh, The Four Agreements, The War of Art, and, um, and, and most importantly, The Presence Process. And I say the most importantly, I was waking up at 2 a.m. with my heart racing multiple nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was really hard to like, have a normal life. So I was like taking like Advil PM to sleep the night. I was actually prescribed um, Xanax at the time because I, I was, I had severe anxiety and, um, and, and it all came up because I was about 30. And for the first time in my life, 
it was looking like I was going to fail and I couldn't do anything about it. All my other failures before I felt like I was in control and like it was something I did, but now it felt out of my control. And I, and I really wanted to get it. Like I wasn't getting paid on time or product wasn't working like all of this. And like, I wasn't given the right data on what our product did to try to sell people. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to sell people, but like, this is tough. And, and, and all this nostalgia started coming out and I, I started like getting to this space, like all my fears came out and I'm like, shit, I'm going to fail. What do I do next? Like, I haven't even succeeded in tech. This is the space I want to be in. Do I have to go back? Everything that's there, like with my ego and all that. And, and, and that's where the good stuff was. That was always inside of me. I was able to push past it. And so much, um, so many people give great advice with like positivity and all that. And it's great. It's nice. And, and a lot of stuff like just set a goal and do it. And, and sure that works. Um, but dealing with your fears gives you a fundamental shift in who you are, what you react to and your ceiling, whether you realize it or not. Okay. Whether you realize it or not, it moves your ceiling all the way up. And the presence process, I spent 10 weeks meditating twice a day, reading a chapter a week. Mm-hmm. And, and I, this, this book gave me um, the best game plan for myself. I, I, I've mentored others and suggested it to them and it's helped them quite a bit. Uh, but I, you know, I want to put out there that everybody um, is going through their own journey and their own struggle. So figure out what works for you, but um, crying every night, you know, letting all the, and, and, and along the way I started sleeping seven hours a night. I'm like, I could live a long life sleeping seven hours a night. This, this sounds, I, I could do this. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. where I was only like getting one hour less of sleep than I wanted. I'm like, I'm good. This is great. Um, along the way, um, imprinted the love I wish I got like, um, unconditionally from like, and, and my mom found out that she had cancer. And I truly believe this was because I was giving her the love she wished she had. Um, and, and, you know, completing the circle, so to speak, and being like, really, really honestly humble, and grateful. Because I I had all my fears out and I was scared to fucking death. So like I was just like really soft spoken, really unsure of and this was real, right? Like this is how you are with your fears. And but like it came out and I'm like, I couldn't sit through a movie in the dark without having to run out of the theater. That's how scared I was. I couldn't sleep the night without my light on in my room. I had to move, I, I didn't move home. I spent three or four nights at my dad's place even though I had a place in the city because I needed like support. I was scared to fucking death because they all came out. Um, and uh, going through that, crying through the meditations and, and starting to integrate my fears made it so I was less reactionary, mm-hmm. less triggered. I was able to deal early stage much easier and eventually in my life to, to being able to start a company, which I might not have done should the situation not have presented itself. And, and, and to be clear, if COVID didn't happen, me doing all the fear integration would have helped my life, but it wouldn't necessarily, you know, led to this at that point. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect circle, but me doing that work helped create this perfect circle and helped increase my ceiling. I'm a salesperson. I like I I'm running yeah. the fastest growing community and I'm and I'm doing an okay job at it. Um and and the reason why okay cuz like I've taken myself as far as I could go. I I left that long ago. I'm just throwing it to the wind hiring people better than me finally. Thank God. Um 
and, and all of that. And, and, and I'm more confident than ever in just me being even keeled with the team and being like pretty good at like a few things. Like I'm, I'm exactly what we need. <laughs> like good. down the road, I'll probably fire myself fully or somebody else will. But, uh, but right now it's, it's super interesting. And, and, and that's for other reasons, right? Like um, just, just from a scale standpoint, that's just being real. Um, we don't have VC investment, so I don't have to do that, but you get the idea. And um, yeah. it's a lot of so freedom that goes along with that relief. I'd imagine it, it, it opens up a lot more and, and, and I'm going to, I've done the process about six or seven times over the years. Um, and I need to do it again um, to recalibrate, right? Because yeah. you don't stay perfect. And that, that's the whole thing about being a journey, but, but getting yourself to even keeled so that there aren't high highs and there aren't low lows is, is what joy is. Shit will always happen, but it's how you respond versus react to it that makes it okay or neutral shit will always happen. And then, and then when the shit happens, you know what you realize, you didn't even realize that that was shit that happened because like, you're, you're so chill. Like you, you realize the obvious stuff, but like the subtle stuff doesn't even impact you anymore. It doesn't even penetrate you. It's like, Oh, somebody cut me off on a road. Like they must be having a bad day versus, Oh my God. Or, um, I, I got laid off from a job. The best thing that happened versus the worst thing, you know, like, like little nuances like that. So to get better at sales, an, an outward-looking profession, it's, it's, if it's there ever uh, was one, with yourself. to look, yeah. look inward. That's great. So like now we can have a conversation like this. You don't feel like you're being sold. I don't even know what to sell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, let, let's understand. Like, what do you actually need? So doing that helps you be more connected. And I use the phrase, be a, just be a homie. And, <laughs> and you know, your friends outside of work are your homies, whether you call them that or not, right? Like, and you might, but people in work were never really called this. I, like, you know, so, I work so for like, Sharon and Sharon. We have homie. a good time. So you get it. So, you know, <laughs> like, but bring, bring this over um, and the sentiment with it, you know, everybody, and I don't want to say everybody's friends per se, or everyone's family, you know, those cliches, but like, why not create that good energy? Like, like, why not, why not? Because with your homies, you're a little more vulnerable. Why not be vulnerable and just be like, yo, what's up? Like, what's on your mind? Because then empathy I, pours out of that. I do think that's scarier. You know, I think it's scary to, it's kind of like if you've ever um, had a roommate, you know, um, who then you become like great friends from being roommates versus you have a great friend and you decide to room together. It's much scarier. You know what I mean? So in some ways, allowing like the office place to become this environment that nurtures a friendship or yeah. Um it's harder to go the other way around. So there's ways to do it, right? Like you could be professional with it. The, the, the sentiment is just to like, just to be real with one another and not have that. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean you have to go out and socialize, but that, that could mean like, you're like, Hey, I don't, I don't think this is going to work. Like, Oh, you too. <laughs> like, okay, good. I thought I was the only one. How many times, like, like open up. Cause you know what happens? I don't, now both of you go and champion an idea that's yeah. different from the idea that's not going to work. And the company does better from it. I'm not saying go out and be friends. And when I say be friends, like go out and socialize, that's optional, but like, <laughs> but like be that person. Um, and exercise that option. <laughs> exercise that option. No, that's, I mean, yeah. 
and 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 you know it's cool like you're gonna further uh with that because like you could actually confide in somebody and be like hey i'm, I'm actually this is gonna work for me anymore here great i got somewhere else that's great and 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 you can be mature about it too amazing jared robin thank you so much for joining us today thank you, thank you. you're an amazing guest here Thanks for joining us for today's brew. Like what you heard? Let the world know. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Subscribe now so you never miss an exciting episode. See you soon!